Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is November 1st. Believe in Vikings with B Mac and Baker. I am Dustin Baker. Here tonight, we think, with Bryant McKinney. For certain, Sal Spice and Ron Saw. The Vikings are 4-4 four and four after a tumultuous start to the week because QE1 Kirk Cousins is out for the remainder of 2023 with a torn Achilles and at least for a week, Jaron Hall, a fifth-round rookie, takes over with a side dish of a trade for Joshua Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. So just as the Vikings season got on its tiptoes, Peeking over at relevance in a playoff spot, Kirk Cousins is finally injured for the first time in his career, and the Vikings are still trudging forward, hoping for a playoff appearance. So we're going to get into all that, how the group feels, if they're optimistic, if they're meh, what they think of Ezra Cleveland leaving, what they think of Jaron Hall, basically the state of the Vikings heading into week nine. First, however, betonline.ag, the last of the major pro sports league is off and rolling and college basketball is ready to go and as well bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting actions and contests nfl college football ufc nhl are all in full swing bet online is your number one source for your wagering news odds trends and predictions all the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time Head to bet online today. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, believe for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. It's the midseason edition of Believe in Vikings at halftime of the Falcons game. We will be at the exact midpoint of the Vikings season, and it was flipped on its cranium Sunday when Kirk Cousins tore his uh, Achilles tendon and is now out. For the remainder of the season, just after the Vikings hit a nice win streak and convinced us that the post Rogers era was here and we could take down the Packers at Lambeau, the QB1 goes down and we will see if rookie quarterback Jaron Hall has the gumption to do the thing. We're going to talk about him tonight and talk a couple a couple items about the trade deadline. Uh, and Bryant, I'm going to start with you because 18 years ago, you were in a situation where the Vikings lost their QB1, Dante Culpepper, in a road game, and he didn't come back ever to the Vikings. Uh, your team inserted Brad Johnson to the lineup and won your next six games. So do you have any memories or stories about that situation, the injury and the turnaround? Um. I remember the injury. I remember it being pretty bad, but I remember him also kind of rushing back from the injury. And and by him rushing back, I feel like it was never quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, as a player, that's what I always try to tell people when you have an injury, like to make sure that you really like rehab it and nurse it and make sure you get back to health. Don't rush it because it can shorten your career. Um, actually, I do remember that. Um, and then I believe he departed and went to the Dolphins, right? Yes, Dolphins, yeah, yeah. and then he tried the Lions after that and was never the same guy, unfortunately, at least on the field. Yeah, and you know, injuries like that, too, um, um, they take a toll on your mental because now you have an injury like that. I feel like a lot of people is always on the top of their mind of not having to happen again. So I see some people slow down their play um, once they've got injured. And some people know how to just put it you know, to the back of their mind and just recover, and they feel like they're even stronger. 
So in that season, certainly at the the peak of Dante Culpepper's powers, he was a much better quarterback than Brad Johnson, especially athletically. But do you recall, was it was it Brad Johnson was just flat out good and he made the thing go? Or was there like a, a rallying cry or? He was experienced, and then, like I tell you, like, you know, in certain situations, when I say somebody gets hurt, everybody has to step their game up to kind of, you know, make up for that missing person. I feel like everybody kind of rose to the occasion. And um, and then also, you know, Brad has a lot of experience, too, so he was able to, you know, um, run the offense. But I feel like that was a, a part where everybody kind of stepped up a little bit more. Yeah. One of these days, I'd like to try to have him on this show. He's one of the one of the few we haven't talked to from from the Brian McKinney days. Brad, uh, I think Brad was content. He was all over our TikTok last year. Remember? <laughs> yeah. That's why I thought we could get him. Yeah, Are you on TikTok? I'm not really on TikTok, so I wouldn't. Yeah, he was like making baskets with his ambidextrously, and what else was he doing? It was so funny. Yeah, Brad he would- Johnson was. Yeah, yeah, he's big bad Brad. He would he would basically do trick shots in basketball, but often just use a football, like throw it from 150 yards behind his back. Oh, no, no, no. All kinds of shit like that. Yeah. And then he'd his stare son at the plays camera. somewhere, doesn't he? In D1, I think. Yeah, I'll I send it to you guys. That I don't know. I can't it's, believe I can't believe the other two never saw that. That even bled over into Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Admittedly, so I was never a Brad Johnson fan when playing days or yeah. So <laughs> You Can't weren't a fan. That I, uh, yeah, keep I, that to yourself. I hated Brad Johnson. <laughs> Don't I, say that. Someone's well, gonna pull the not, audio. As, as a player, as a player, I was never a fan of his. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So uh Sally, four and four. Um, we're gonna talk about some of the would-be hope that we'll have to have the rest of the way, but you want to tell me about some of your emotions from Sunday? Well, I'm going to tell you this. It's really unfortunate that you lost your mouse last week Mm -hmm. because that's probably going to be the only happy, excited show we would have had. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been the only fun show we were going to have all season, maybe. So uh, my emotions. Well, I mean, I was probably in shock and sad like everybody else was. It's it's so unfortunate that we have the best offensive line on this team that we've had since Bryant McKinney was on the roster and that our guy goes down with a non-contact injury to end his season. And I think we've all just been so spoiled um, the whole time he's been here that we kind of ruled that out as even a possibility. Yeah, even in the heat of the moment, when I, you could visibly see the Twitter doctors saying this is an Achilles. Um, I just said, nah, it can't be. That doesn't happen to Kirk. And it took me about, you know, 20 minutes to start to buy into it. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe he is going to be out. And then eventually that came to fruition. And for context, for listeners who don't know the backstory, my Basset Hound stole my computer mouse sometime before the show last week. My son and I, who is seven, we looked high and low for it. We could not find it. Lo and behold, the following morning, uh, my Bassett Lafayette was hanging out by my feet and I heard him munching and licking something and he had my mouse. So he he hit it somewhere and he returned it. Uh, now I have three in reserve, so that shit won't happen <laughs> again. But I digress. This is this is not the Bassett show. It should be. This is the Viking show. Uh, Ron, do you uh, we're gonna, let's start to talk about some of the hope that we will need. Um, do you have that? Do you do you believe this can feel like 2017 where it doesn't really matter? Do they go on a run or is this is this doom? 
Well, I think the the biggest difference from 2017 till now is well, a couple of things that we we're off to a hotter start in 2017 than we are now. Um, like we've hit our stride lately. Uh, but also the other part of 2017 is we had at least a journeyman backup who, mm-hmm. you know, by all account, I mean, at the time case Keenum was the all time passing yards leader in college. So we knew he could sling it. Um, and he was just a guy like who clearly had at least the moxie and makeup to survive in the NFL. We have a, a completely unknown right now. I, I'd be feeling a little bit better if Nick Mullins was healthy and never got hurt. And we at least, because we had talked about it, he he's probably a top 35 quarterback in the league. Like, let's be real. He's better than some starters, you know, namely a couple that are over in New York. Um, I know Sally loves hearing me, that my Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson uh, wine line. But, uh, um, you know, like he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. He's not going to lose you games. and um, But he's also not necessarily going to, you know, be the reason you win a lot of games. But he could have at least kept us in that, you know, that playoff hunt. And then from there, who knows, he's has started plenty in this league. Um, and I think that's the biggest part. Now we have not just a rookie, but we have an older rookie. Um, and I know age doesn't really matter, but he's an older rookie. So it's not like there's not like you're tapping into this unknown potential that he may have because he's physically, he's probably already at his peak. Um, so now I'm excited in the sense that, well, it can go one of either two ways, either Karen Hall surprises us and, you know, Hey, this kid looks legit. Like gives us that Brock Purdy type vibe of, Hey, maybe we're fine at quarterback, which not, not going to say that I feel that way, but the other alternative is he's just not made up to be an NFL starting quarterback. And, uh, you know, then those, you know, we're going to end up in better draft positioning to be able to get that guy in 24. But, Typical Vikings fashion, what's going to happen is we're going to win enough games to remain relevancy and miss the playoffs and win too many games to, you know, sit outside of that top 10. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I I mean, I like the move for it will probably get into it with uh, what they did as far as addressing the room. Um, but I don't think. I mean, it's it's all not that it's gloom and doom because I still root for them to win every game that they're especially that what sucks most is this schedule that's coming up. The the fact that we were hitting a stride, we have some more winnable games can kind of get back, you know, maybe not in the driver's seat, but at least sit shotgun right there. And um, with the division games still left um, on the schedule. Now it's just, you know, like. I was one of those right away where I was like, I've seen it happen to Durant and Rogers and all these guys where I knew it was an Achilles right away. And I hated seeing that. Mm-hmm. So Bryant, uh, Bryant, three things happened to the Vikings in the last three games. Their offensive line became very good. Even to the naked eye, the metrics have said it's been good all year. Uh, then the defense in the last three or four games has hit its stride. And it's to the tune of a top 10 defense inside those last four games, even playing teams like the the 49ers were in there. And then Kirk Cousins played at a wonderful clip, maybe some of the best football of his career. But now they don't have Cousins. Do you foresee this season kind of going belly up or do you think that they'll stay afloat at 500 or even do better than that? Um, I really we really just have to see how well the quarterback can um operate this offense and really like uh, run things. So I'm really not even sure what to predict. I have a better idea after seeing 
mm-hmm. you know, the game this week. Sure. And if they, if Jaron Hall, I keep thinking and writing, <laughs> writing that Jaron Hall really has one shot to keep the job. Now that doesn't mean he has to be dazzling or brilliant against the Falcons, but he has to show that he belongs. So, you know, I'm talking like 19 for 30, 180 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, something like that. I think that will buy him like, oh, this guy's he might be good. He can grow. Uh, but if it's, you know, a Josh Freeman thing from 2013 or he straight up looks like Kellen Mond, then I think that they'll make a quick pivot to Joshua Dobbs, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, Sally, do you have the hopium necessary to be excited about the rest of the season, or have you gone into a shell that says this doesn't matter? Uh, no, definitely not. No hope, really. Um, <laughs> no hope. I think I am so sick of saying this about this team, but it's too soon to really tell what's going to happen. But I, I think realistically, um, I, I'm happy to see Jaron play just to kind of see what we have and not wonder for a few mm-hmm. years. So I'm kind of looking at the season from that vantage point now to just evaluate what we have going forward. I don't think that it's even, I don't know. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I, that's what I'm looking forward to now. Do you have like, like a percentage of faith or optimism that like by 2 PM central time Sunday, we're like, holy shit, this guy can play. Or do you just think that's absolutely not realistic? Well, I think we've talked about this before that I was confused by the draft pick mm-hmm. to begin with. I never was a big fan of it. I didn't I I have a lot of questions about it still. So, I really hope that I'm blown away at 2 p.m. on Sunday and then it'll all make sense for me. So, that is what I'm hoping for. Um I I'm going to give him a fair shot and it is his first game, so regardless it's probably not going to be you know, anything spectacular, but I just hope that he can show he's efficient and can take care of the ball and doesn't look completely shell shocked. Yeah. Is it his draft stock that did it for you that just, they didn't, they didn't get somebody higher than the fifth round. Well, it just seemed like a throwaway pick at that place. Um, I thought, yeah, I just didn't understand why they were taking on a project when they had so many questions um, the quarterback question was going to exist this year anyway. So why take someone who is um, such a project who probably wasn't going to be ready this upcoming year either? Yeah. Um, 2024 meaning. I think he was supposed to be the QB three this entire year, uh, by the way, they designed the depth chart and you and I, I think the n- night before the draft, we both said we'd like for them to draft their next guy, whoever they like, whichever one they decide they like, whether that's Will Levis or hidden hooker, not in round one, but somebody, um, to get ready for a moment like this. And instead we have a fifth rounder that we're hoping will blow us away. But why are you drafting for a third for QB three either though, with mm-hmm. all of the things that they needed? So that's why I, I just never really understood it, but Hey, we're going to find out. We're going to find <laughs> out to that, to that point though. Like I like the way that they had it structured where obviously you have your veteran who a quick starter who, um, again, up until that freak injury, you know, is durable. And then the backup behind him, just in case you have a guy who is fully capable, but probably doesn't have the ceiling that some of these younger guys do. And then I like bringing in a third guy that does have that potential, like whether it's untapped or, or unknown, whatever, um, like something like that developmental kind of pick. So I, again, admittedly, I didn't know much about Jaron Hall coming into the draft um, because I can't say I stay up late and watch BYU football. Um, but it, it, 
I mean, it, he obviously has traits, like he's got a good arm and the mobility and whatnot. I, for me, it's just most quarterbacks that make it to this level or most quarterbacks that play in college, they have an arm, you know, that where they can make throws and they, they can throw it with accuracy. It's the mental side of things that typically you need to see. And that's the scary part is the game is going to be fast. I mean, you know, Brian, you can probably elaborate from your college days, like Ken Dorsey, for example, great college quarterback, like, but he wasn't able to, to, to nothing against him. He's doing a great job as an offensive coordinator now, but you see these guys who have talent that can't make it. So now here's an unknown guy from a smaller school. You know, it's not like they were, running over everyone. Um, and that's what worries me. It's great. He has mobility, but our off, like you t- touched on us and our offensive lines playing really well. We don't need a guy to just <laughs> move the pocket and, uh, and, <laughs> and create opportunities. It's, uh, and also, you know, the fact that Jefferson's not out there, obviously Addison's emergence has been great, but it'd be different if he had his full slew of weapons. Cause then you can truly see what he has. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm probably in the same excitement mode as uh, as Sally is, so we have that at least. <laughs> I think the guy's going to be pretty good. Um, where I still have, well, I hope, it, where I have hope is that he is 25, so we don't have to dink around. Like for this specific example, I hated the fact he was 25 in April and May, but now the guy I, I did because I was like, if this is really going to be our guy in the future, let's start like let's have four years of the growth. But this is, like Ron said, probably the most supreme that his body will be at in the next season or two. Um, but I, I think that everything is tailor-made. Like, suddenly this offensive line is good. Jefferson will be back next week if Hall gets that far. Uh, the, Brian Flores' defense has done the trick against a array of opponents in the last month. I think he's going to be pretty decent. I don't know if that will get him an audition to the following week because I think they do like Josh Dobbs. Uh, but where I get back to with the pessimism that you guys have expressed is these these quarterbacks in the late round never work out. We have examples of Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, and then the undrafted guys like Tony Romo and Kurt Warner. And I'm not kidding. That's it. There aren't other like Ryan Fitzpatrick is another one from the seventh round. But you have countless, countless hundreds of others that just don't work out. Now, whether or not they didn't get a fair shake because they were a low rounder, and nobody believed in them. Uh, but usually it's an indicator if a guy falls to that round, you have to hope for a mini miracle for for him to work out. So I, I do think he's going to be better than than you guys are hinting. But I, I, I a lot of that might just be on the fact like we're bound to have this good thing happen to this team once. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen with Kellen Mond. And I don't know. I, I trust Kevin O'Connell, too. There's a reason we hired an offense. I think offense. we blew all our... Then we blow all our good luck in the Randy Moss, just get having get having him fall to where he did, and and, and like and I think that was uh, the the ultimate like, yep, this is all you guys get as a franchise. So, um, but I, I do like your point on like his mentally, he he should be he, being twenty five. He's smart enough. What I do like about bringing in Josh Dobbs is Josh Dobbs is an incredibly intelligent young man um obviously uh you know rocket scientist like literal rocket scientist i know that's waiting for him after his nfl career and then just this year alone he got traded from was it cleveland to arizona right before the season started and became their starter and he wasn't the reason they were losing games he didn't 
have there were times where he had moments where he looked like a journeyman backup but he stepped in right away learned the playbook and was actually playing pretty well so I think combine his ability and his acumen to pick up on things I think he can be that voice along with Kirk along with John Mannion still in that quarterback room and thank god we don't have to see him play otherwise you know that we could potentially get the number one pick, but uh, um, so maybe play him. But uh, at the end of the day, he has to see the opportunity. It's the opportunity to be a starter, um, have a great um, chance to make some good money, and go out here and just win some football games. That's it. Like you are now presented an opportunity which you didn't think you were going to get. Now have it. Seize the moment. Brian, did you ever have anyone that you played with that that when they got their opportunity, look they completely surprised you? Tom Brady was behind who drew Bledsoe at a time. He got injured, yeah. and then he seized the moment. So that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's the good news. We don't have to wait long, like a whole offseason. Like, all right, maybe this guy will be good. And we only have, like, three more sleeps until we figure it out. It really depends on him, too. I, I also seen how, like, they always say, like, quarterbacks who come from small schools are normally better um, with aim because they're used to, like, throwing to smaller pockets and things like that. So, I mean, hopefully he's able to just – Surprise us and do some good things out there. Uh, one thing I'm a little worried about, <clears throat> Bryant, is Cousins is out. There's He's not coming back, at, at least not this season. And now we have three options between Josh Dobbs, who we're going to talk about momentarily. He was just traded for yesterday. Nick Mullins, who was kind of like a poverty gunslinger. And then uh, Jaron Hall, the rookie. And it reminds me of a couple of teams that you were on, um, wh- whether they had T-Jack, Brooks Bollinger, <laughs> Kelly Holcomb, or the next year, Gus Farratt, T-Jack, and which other? Sage Rosenfels. When you went through that period of instability, almost felt like from week to week, like, did you, like, how different was it? Like, oh, look, uh, Kelly Holcomb's starting this week, baby. Did it really matter for what you were doing or? Um, Each quarterback has their own, like, style and the way they run things. So you just kind of know who it is. And from practice, you get a feel for, you know, each individual, though. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you still got to just do your job. But you also are aware who's back there. So, you know, their style of play, if they're going to scramble or if they're not. Um, So that's pretty much it. What about uh, this one? So for six seasons now, Kirk Cousins has been the quarterback and for the most part doesn't hop out of the pocket and scramble. And in all likelihood, in the next month, if they don't go with Nick Mullins, we're going to have the inverse. You're going to have Josh Jobs or Jaron Hall who who enjoy hopping out of the pocket. As a, as a tackle or a guard, are you like, you know, holy shit, he can do that? Because you haven't seen it hardly forever. Yeah, that's the difference because you have yeah. one quarterback who you kind of have an idea of where they're going to be. You have another one where you have to start looking at the defender's eyes because they'll show you if they're moving out of the pocket. <laughs> so it's a little difference. Sally, yesterday the Vikings sent a sixth rounder to the Cardinals for Josh Dobbs, and they got a second rounder back. And I don't know if you watched any any tape in the last 24 hours, but there there's reason to get excited about that man. It's really It's really weird that he's been cast off from a lot of teams in the last two years or so. But do you, do you think that Dobbs is anything more than just a, a substitute body in case Jaron Hall? Do you think that they, they could use him as the case Keenum? Well, listen, I hope so. There's nothing that I want more than another backup quarterback to root for. (laughs) Um, I, I like Ron said, I mean, he seems like a great guy. He's, he's funny. He has a a great demeanor, great personality. He's super intelligent. So 
I, I hope that he comes here and he feels very welcomed. I mean, I saw the videos of, you know, Arizona doesn't even give you the option to custom make his Jersey. (laughs) It's very disrespectful. I know the guys at the team store already have his jerseys waiting for his family. So, um, I really, I really do hope so. And he's been cast off of a lot of bad teams too, Yeah, uh-huh. which I don't know if that's necessarily a reflection of him. Um, I know it sounds, that kind of sounds weird, but I mean like Cleveland, their quarterback situation, I don't really trust their judgment. Um, <laughs> same with Arizona, whatever's going on over there. So he's obviously going to be playing with an elevated level of talent. And I think with guys who really, are excited, going to be excited for him to be there. So that can't hurt the situation. I think the problem with Arizona was he was playing too well. He was keeping them in games when they clearly, they want, they don't want anything to do with winning this year. And I mean, that's at least the sense I got when, you know, when they cut Colt McCoy right before the season, mm-hmm. um, Brad and Josh, Josh Dobbs, they probably were like, Oh, we don't want to tr- want to try to win at all. Last night, uh, Ron Yannick Eckhart, who's been on the show a few times uh, for Journey, we uh, from separate parts of the world were watching some of the Josh Tops tape, and we're sitting here scratching our head trying to figure out why nobody wants this guy. Uh, he throws a few stupid picks, but when you get down to nubbins without cousins, you're just going to expect that because all the best quarterbacks are spoken for. And I was joking. I was like, I swear I could just walk my laptop over to like my neighbor's house who doesn't really watch football and say, check this out. And that neighbor would be like, God, this guy's awesome uh, because he looked pretty good in Arizona. Uh, he's he's mobile. He's fast. He's accurate. Uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker. And so I told Yannick, well, my goodness, he's been cut from like a lot of teams, including the Lions and the Browns in the last two years alone. So we're probably going to figure out why he wasn't wanted. But do you have faith? That Dobbs, let's say, let's say Jaron Hall is the scouting report that you and Sally have offered tonight comes true. It's like, meh, God, no, no, this is Kellen Mond. Do you have faith that Dobbs can rescue the operation? Well, nothing against Dobbs or even Hall. Like, I I don't, but that's because Kirk was playing at such a high level. This team was starting to find that groove. And obviously, yes, I'm a Kirk fan. So seeing him go down, like it's there's no one that you're going to get. That's going to replace that. It's like with the jets, when Rogers went down and they were like, who are they going to go get? Who are they going to go get? And it's like the difference with them, at least is they had a guy that they just took number two overall a couple of years ago. So they at least had a guy who had the merit, had the, the quote unquote talent to where they weren't going to find anyone that was better. We obviously needed to bring in someone because we had one active quarterback. Um, so Again, I don't want to say if we didn't put ourselves in this hole, like, you know, fumbling the ball, dropping all these balls early on in the year. And if, you know, we were, say, six and two as opposed to four and four, okay, maybe there's a little bit different because you have a little bit more leeway as far as you don't need to go out there and win every game. Um, You know, you can find your groove along the way. But I just find it tough because we are not replicating what Kirk was able to do. Mm -hmm. So you're in a tough spot with that in itself. But you know, Dobbs, I mean, I remember back when he was at Tennessee um, and, you know, I knew he was a quality player, you know, in, in that conference at the time. Um, I don't know why he's been around the league so much. I know he was drafted by the Steelers, so they had Big Ben at the time, so he wasn't cracking the lineup there. But then he has two years where it doesn't even have him, have him registered, like, being on a roster. I don't know if that's, again, because he is 
a rocket scientist. I don't know if that's when he's getting his degree or what, but uh, yeah, it's the play, people in the NFL know, like they know about these guys. No one's sliding under the cracks if you're on a team. So it is weird in that sense, but I mean, how great would it be if he comes in and has a Geno Smith like revival to yeah. his career? Like um, now, obviously Geno Smith is a second round pick, but you know, it's who's to say that a guy with experience and with, some talent can't come in and have a case Keenum like year and our defense, if they continue ascending the way that they are offensive line, you know, you get Jefferson back, um, you know, you have things there that can get you excited for it, but just hard to see it. Yeah. Dobbs was a fourth rounder in 2017. (laughs) And even that round is better historically. That's where Kirk came from. Uh, Even that round is better historically for long-term starters. Bryant, so the Vikings are going from a 35-year-old pocket-passing veteran who was playing some of the best football of his career to a 25-year-old rookie who isn't a pocket passer but isn't necessarily like uh, going to run as much as Lamar Jackson. What's the biggest difference? Because I think you've encountered some of these scenarios like in terms of the youth or the mobility. What's the biggest difference that the huddle would look forward uh, or an offensive lineman would? Um. <clears throat> Him knowing how to take charge of the huddle. I just remember being here at the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Tannehill might have been a rookie. And he felt like because he was a rookie and other guys were older, mm-hmm. he's still in charge of the huddle. So he's, he has to know that he's in, he's in charge. Um, so him knowing that and, and you know, commanding and respect in the huddle too. But, I mean, everybody's going to be willing to listen to him. But he has to take charge. Um, and then he's going to see a lot of things live that he hasn't seen before. <laughs> Um, where you have Kirk, who has been around for a long time, so he's seen a lot of different blitzes and disguises. Um, so this is really going to be kind of like a learning phase through him and just see how well he recognize, recognizes things and how well he's been coached up and prepared. Um, that's the main thing, is just really going out there and being prepared uh, for everything. They are going to throw tricks at him because they know it's a rookie and they know he's new. and So there will be a lot of new things added to the defense, I'm pretty sure, to see if he recognizes them. Um, so he just has to be on the lookout for that and just make sure he goes to the sideline and communicates and um, sees that, you know, what all he sees out there for him and, and does what work, do what work for him. Like sometimes if you see a chance, go for it, you know. Sally, from, from Kirko in the last three games, I think we saw maybe the most excited that we've been about him on the whole, or at least the fan base has. So, of course, he would get hurt. Uh, but for his career trajectory now, he's put himself uh, an awkward spot happened to him because he was a free agent to be or he is a free agent to be. He was probably going to be able to get my guess would be around 45 million per year from the open market, whether that's the Patriots or name whatever team will need a quarterback in free agency. But now he's going to be a 36 year old quarterback who's coming off injury uh, Kevin O'Connell came out today and said, you know, I love Kirk and we hope that it works out that he'll be back. Where do you stand after seeing the good version of Kirk plus an offensive line that's suddenly elite? <clears throat> are you are you in the run it back mode or are you saying, all right, let's let's trade our trade our picks to go up and get a Drake May type? Well, geez, I this is just a whole other situation now. Right. So I, I honestly don't know. And you're right. This is how this would happen. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how this would happen. Everything would be working out. They're going on a run. They're beating one of the best teams in the NFC. They're dominating the Packers at home, which is the equivalent of my Super Bowl, personally. <laughs> and then 
it ends that like that. And so um, we were going to have this discussion next year, regardless of what to do about Kirk, but now it's got a different spin on it. And I just, I'm, I don't know. I think he's going to get less money, but how much less money is he going to get? He's still going to be the best option at free agent quarterback or the second best. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think it's too soon to tell and where they end up falling on the draft board. That's going to have a lot to do with it. And I think we're going to learn about KOC and his play calling with, with a different quarterback that is more mobile and see maybe what his vision is for the future. And if he has success with a guy like that, he might, end up going not with one of those guys necessarily, but a guy that more fits that style. I agree with all of that. Uh, Ron, I'm going to guess that you, you'd welcome Kirk back on a one or two year. I don't know if you call prove it deal with open arms, but assuming that's correct. What, uh, what do you, what do you think the price would be for that? And what do you think the realism of it is? You give Kirk one year, 32 million guaranteed, and then you go draft Michael Penix. Is that how this would work? So, I mean, that's that's my perfect scenario. Bring him back on a one or two year deal, but find your quarterback. Like, I, I don't want to go through this not having a quarterback and Jaron Hall being the one on the roster. And then, hey, let's throw a dart and see if we get one of those top guys. Because even then, they're like Caleb Williams, Drake May, they're all unknown. Remember, there was a time when Ryan Leaf was considered better than Peyton Manning. Jamarcus Russell was taken number one overall. They're not all hit or miss, or they're not all going to hit. Mm-hmm. So, ideally and even before the injury i would have loved to have kirk back but then still have a plan at least find a plan in a year or two um see what happens so um i think his price tag comes down significantly because if you're a team in free agency looking at a quarterback and you know related to the drew Brees situation a little bit but drew Brees was also younger um so that's a big difference but it was a shoulder injury as opposed to an achilles um there were teams that were scared off from Drew Brees. Um, like remember the Dolphins picked Culpepper over Brees, mm-hmm. and uh, it, Brees obviously goes to butthole eyes, and um, and you know they win their Super Bowl and cheating their way <laughs> across across the board. So, um, but uh, so I'm all for bringing back Kirk because I think one you'll get him cheaper. They obviously love him there. And oh God, that's one thing we've learned this week is. All of the shit we've ever heard about his leadership or people not yes. liking him is bullshit. Brian O'Neill like tearing up in the locker room and all that. Like there wasn't a player who didn't come out in support of him. So yeah, for all these scorn North people and whatever and all the dumb shit that they spew um, for clicks and whatever, um, everything's getting thrown back at him and it's great. So um, you know we lost uh, uh, some some Vikings Twitter members that uh, just sucked in <laughs> so many different ways. Um, um, but uh, so anyways, it's you bring back Kirk on a team friendly deal like he it was reported that he would have accepted this year. But now for his own sake, it's he, he's not going to go and sign a big deal somewhere else um, with having to rehab like because we don't know what his rehab's like unless he, you know, takes ayahuasca with Aaron and um, goes through that process. But he's 36. He'll be 36. Um, weird because, you know, that's. We're saying that's old, and that means I'm old. But uh, um, so he, uh, but he, 
no team's going to invest in that. So you bring him back. He knows the playbook. He has the continuity here. So he will be one step ahead of the game in getting back to his normal self by staying here. And then it'll also help the Vikings out because they can, whether it is, you know, Penix or Caleb Williams, Drake may. Well, the one thing that people I feel like don't realize all throughout this process is you can find a quarterback without bottoming out and going one in 16. You, you can make trades like you, it, it'll cost you more, but, if you find a guy that you like, go up and get him. So if it takes two first round picks, three for whatever it is, if you love Caleb Williams that much, you make that trade. Um, but you have a guy like Kirk that can kind of bring him along and, you know, hope I, in a perfect world, we end up in a Kansas city chiefs type situation where it's Alex Smith into Patrick Mahomes. You can have, you know, Kirk into that next guy. I think everyone would be happy with that. And I think after well, hearing yeah. After hearing Kev- Kevin O'Connell <laughs> today, I I think that all it kind of seems more likely. We I think we've we've existed for two years thinking, well, they they're they're tentatively committed to Kirk. We'll see how he he does. And I, I I've realized in this last week that mm-hmm. any reservation about Kirk Cousins as a performer is only media and fan driven it is not a player it is not a teammate it is not a coach and it's not a crazy thing uh because you j- i mean you saw it in living color after he was hurt it was like it was like you know everything like josh patel called him everything about this team he said kirk is everything and usually he'll hear that about you know the Mahomeses or michael jordan and and i i've never put Kirk in that category, but his teammates, I'll be damned if they don't really put him on a pedestal. So uh, I think it's more likely than not that after this season is in the rear view, unless Jaron Hall is just a baller that will see some sort of <clears throat> compromise where Kirk is back for a year, but they also finally draft somebody in the first round, not the fifth round. But it all kind of comes to a climax at the Falcons on Sunday, because if Jaron Hall, let's say he's flat out a baller, and then that changes everything. Uh, a, everybody on this show is going to be excited. So are the fans. And then Kirk kind of becomes an afterthought if uh, Hall shows that he's got the it factor. But in one week when we return, that's what we'll be talking about. I think we'll either be talking about, all right, this guy is pretty good and this is exciting. Or we'll be doing a full Josh Dobbs scouting report at that point. Anything else from the group? Uh, no, you covered it all. All right, we'll talk to you guys a week from tonight, all right? Okay, okay. keep right. those mice right. close. <laughs> I got three inches, we're good. All right, later. Okay. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.